Welcome to Just Joy Conversations, where I seek to unite, inspire, and enlighten regardless of what you look like or believe or who you love, one conversation at a time. Check out my introductory podcast on JustJoyConversations.com to learn more about my vision. Hey, 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 we're back for part two of Dating for the Ages. Nicole, to your point, that hyper-independency is such a damaging thing because I think over time and how, how that's changed and become such a four-step, it's become an expectation. So if it's not like, you're the world, you're a superwoman and you can do everything, so do it. Just because right. I can doesn't mean I want to. <laughs> No, and that's a good point. And and to your point, also, men will allow you to, if you want to change that tire, go ahead. If that's just what you want, I would prefer changing it for you. But if that's what you want, then go right ahead. The other thing is someone mentioned chivalry in the group. Is a, chivalry is not dead, but some women, when you want to go open the door, they'll beat you to the door. Like they already inside the restaurant. Like mm-hmm. I was actually going to open that door for you, or I was going to slide your chair out, or what's the case may be. But they'll look at you like, well, I'm not used to that, so I'm not waiting on that. So, you know, it works both ways. Allow that. We don't necessarily want to always be meeting your representative. We want to know Mm -hmm. you and you get to know us and let a man be a man. Those are going to be men, that is. And may may I just say just one more thing for women, for us, the relationship that you had with your father determines how you relate to a man. So Uh whatever woman you're dealing with, I think it's important to get to that right away when you're meeting someone, just trying to find out what your relationship was with your father and the same goes for the men with your mother because that that determines how you relate to the opposite sex. And that's really important. Okay, so that was a really good discussion. Kind of got off topic, but that's okay because it was a good conversation. But now what I want to transition into is, you know, we kind of hit on it a little bit here and there, but what is the one thing that can happen on a date that will immediately disqualify somebody from getting a second one? And on the flip side of that, what is the one thing that a person can do that would make you be like, hmm, taking out ring sizes and stuff? Okay, maybe not the first date, but early on in the date, and you're like, hmm, she could be the one or he could be the one. What are those things that makes you either say disqualified or Hey, you got potential. Joy, I would say one of the things that I had experienced with disqualifying someone is going on a date with someone and talking about sex on the Mm. first date. Sex, sex, sex. I mean, even if they say so. um, So how many partners I've had somebody say, how many partners have you had Mm. on the first date? And that was like a total turn off. Why are we even discussing this? You don't you haven't even asked me any anything about, you know, my likes, dislikes or told me anything about you. But that was the first thing. That's one. And what was the other question? It was another part to that. What's what's one thing a guy can do to make you go, hmm, he might be Mr. Right. Well, I'm going to say I think a lot of Miss is it Miss Lita and Nicole communication. And chemistry, because you can sit down or, or be in the presence of someone and, and you can, it's, it's a chemistry that can 
come off of someone. I have, you know, have that chemistry with somebody and the communication where we have sat there for hours and talked. And then it'd be like, oh my gosh, they bought the clothes. Like we've been sitting here for hours and the, and the people like, um, are y'all, y'all ready to leave? We ready to go home. You know, I think communication, chemistry are like, yeah, because that right there will cause you to be like, you know what? Yeah, I I like to go on another date with this person. You know, that's for me, chemistry and communication. I think you nailed it on the head. I I don't think that that's going to be too much different for anybody. A whole lot different for anybody on here, because when you first get together and Either the date it goes well because you talking, they listen, they talking, you listen, and y'all kind of go back and forth. Y'all laugh, y'all got some things in common. The communi- that's good communication. Also, it's going to directly lead to the level of chemistry because a lot of chemistry is comes from communication. Physical appearance is part of it, but then what do you say out of your mouth? How do you you know respond? So I think a deal breaker for me. Because if we if we don't communicate well, if the person can't converse, you know, then we're probably not going to like I'm probably not going to set myself up for that again, because I already know we're not going to have no chemistry. I like that you did not say conversate. (laughs) Okay, so for me, a couple of things. Turn off is if, you know, we go out and do something or whatever. She's on the phone constantly with her friends. I understand if you had to talk to your daughter or your mother or something. I got that. Or the other thing is if we go some, if we meet and you're not presentable, you know, you just, you, you, you clothes are dirty and stuff like that. So what will make me want to go buy a ring is this. And I got this from a movie, actually. You, um, and so for me, I open a car door for, for everybody or the doors or whatever. I do that. Open the car door. And when I go to my, she's opening my door. That's the keeper. That is a keeper for me. Okay. This is this it shows it just shows how you were raised and how and 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 you know how kind you were. There's nothing to do with open actually open the door. It's more of, it was the the gesture. You watched the Bronx Tale. I know the, I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of have to piggy off piggyback off like the guys. Communication definitely like your appearance are very very important. But I'll add to that, like your relationship with God, like that's a huge deal breaker for me being because I believe, like I said earlier, that a guy's a direct reflection of God, like said so in Genesis. And so like, if I'm, you know, my main end goal, like I don't come out and say it, but marriage is what I'm looking for, you know, and if I'm going to marry you, we have to be equally yoked, you know. So having some sort of relationship with God on your own, like I prefer that the person like already have that kind of established once we meet. So that's something that's like a super deal breaker for me. Something that like make me want to like marry the guy would be, ooh, what is that? I'm I'm big on being attentive to like whoever I date. So like I listen like when I'm very, very quiet, that means I'm like listening to everything that you say. Like I pick up on like almost anything. And I'll remember stuff you said like two years ago. And I'm really big on that. So I'm like, I'm super attentive. And so for me, like when you reciprocate that attentiveness back to me, like, please marry me, sir. Like, I'm very big on that. Yeah, I was about to say. I I see you thinking over there. Yeah. So for me, um, to 
some degree, I agree with Nicole on things that will attract me and things that will turn me away. So as a person, a man of faith, a minister, so being a woman has to be engaged with God. She has, has her own relationship with him. That's that's number one. That's a, either going to be a deal breaker or not with me. So in that regard, that's going to make me want to stay to see if there's more interest to the conversation that all the gentlemen have said, chemistry and communication. There needs to be both, not one or the other, because you can have chemistry with somebody, but lack a good conversation. And that means I don't want to be your friend. That means I'm not going to want to do nothing else with you other than just see you as a beautiful young lady. The conversation piece, I've had good conversation with some females, tried to date them. The chemistry was not there. So it ended up having to just be a good friend. That's why I said both have to be there. So if not, then that's something that'll break it off with me. And like I said, something that will make me want to stay with her and possibly go to the long uh, long run with her. She got to be fine first. Fine, of course. And then also she got to be a woman of God because she like me. Like I said, I'm a youth leader at my church. I do just about everything in church. So she's got to be able to be okay with me and my walk with church. So something along those lines. Hmm, My matchmaking vibes are tingling. (laughs) <laughs> okay so jackie oh anybody else have any comments about i was i was gonna say something unless you want to move go on ahead, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i think a lot of times i like people a lot so i think there are people i'm just curious about the world and experiences people are having and there's a lot of people who carry themselves not so curious about the world more focused on their way of living in the world and I guess rudeness might be a way to put it, but just like generally speaking, they're, when you're somewhere with them, you feel like they're very unaware and very inconsiderate of other others. And it's just, there's nothing that makes me more not want to spend time with someone than when they're really just, I think just self-centered, focused on their experience, not focused on other people whatsoever. So um, I've had a lot of first dates where I couldn't wait for it to end because I realized I was with the person that just wasn't very aware of of others around them. So can I say something real quick, Joy, to his point? It's something that Steve said earlier. Many times people come into relationships or environments where you want to start dating and you don't really know what it is. A turnoff for me is not knowing what it is that you want out of a relationship. Don't have these false expectations of another individual that, one, you would not have for yourself, and two, that are unrealistic in totality and thinking in the long run. Know what it is that you want and set that standard and they should do the same with you. If the, if you can't meet each other, that's when compromise come into play. But you also need to know what it is that you want to compromise on when you are looking for somebody and what are deal breakers that you're not going to compromise. I want to add to that real quick, Joy, too. I think one of the things is the turnoff is if you want to see my W-2 before you get to know who I am. Like I got to be in a certain income bracket for you to even want to fall in love with me. I don't, you know, we know Jesus was carpenter. So it's like, give him a chance, you know, <laughs> get him at a chance. He might be a bricklayer. You don't know what he's doing, but he might That's actually right. come in dirty. And be the bricks go. The bricks go. He might have some dirt on his fingernails, but that don't mean he don't like, own the So don't just go by that. That's one of the turnoffs. I think communication also, but I want to know, because at the 60s, you know, we date with a purpose. We get to this age. So we ain't trying to, you know, just run around, just be running around. And we want to know what's going on with you, what you're trying to do. Are you trying to build an empire or are we just here watching empire? 
like, you know, what are we trying to do together? Are we coming? And that can even be one of the conversations from the first or the second day. Let's cut to the chase. What are we really right, here for right. at our age? At our That's age? Right. Like, what's really mm-hmm. going on? If they say, well, you know, I had a bad experience and I'm trying to heal. It's going to take me a minute. Well, I ain't got that. Long. So I'm like, let's get to the point and find out what's really going on. You for me, I'm for you. We building this empire or let me go find another carpenter. That's just my point. Stephen, I think the 50s are the same. I mean, we're we're in it for a purpose at this point. There's not much playing around. I don't have time to be wasting with a bunch of garbage. Let's just get down to where you're going, where you're at, where you plan to be. We're trying to set well. We're getting ready for retirement. Right. <laughs> we're, we're trying to make all that come together and work and be compatible for the long run here. Exactly. What I'm noticing is this was supposed to be a podcast talking about ages and age differences, but I don't really see much difference as we talk about the here and now and, and dating experiences. But Jackie, one thing you did mention about what is a deal breaker for you is talking about sex on the first date. So I don't know if any of you listened to my last podcast episode, but the title of it was, Can You Do It Standing Up? And the it is build a relationship without laying down or going to bed with someone, basically. And so my question to any of you is, is it realistic in your mind to get all the way through the dating series and then marriage and not have been intimate with the person? Nope. Not realistic. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. Nope. I think if I was younger, I would have a different opinion, but it's far beyond that point of, of age and timing and everything. So you say no. Realistic. Yeah, I say no. Now, I can say that when I was younger, I would have said no. I would have said no in my younger years. But now at this age, I can say yes, because I understand now it's not about sex. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not about the sex. When I was younger, I thought it was all about the sex. You know what I'm saying? But now <laughs> the stuff I didn't been through, <laughs> honey, look. It ain't even worth it. You can keep it. <laughs> Just put it like that. So it's it's beyond sex. Are you responsible? Mm-hmm. It's a whole wide range of other things at this age More that important. we're looking for. You know what I'm saying? Women are looking for. And sex, if 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 it happens d- down the line, now is it in our mind? Yes. I, I, mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna be lie and say I don't think about it. But that's that's not my goal or that's not the main focus of getting to know someone or, you know, it's, it's not about the sex. I have to ditto what my sister said. Oftentimes we make love to the body or make lust to the body before we make love to the mind. Amen. You know, so I think it's especially being at, at 61, I will always love sex until my last breath. You know, however, it's more important for me to be able to connect with a brother and, and just just enjoy life, you know, because there's going to come a day when when you're not going to be able to have sex. So then what? Mm-hmm. I'm not about the toys. Ain't nothing like the real thing for me. <laughs> All right. 
Ditto. I did. I, I agree. I agree. I say I'm in, I'm indifferent. For me, like it's it's like like they all said. It's we all think about it, but for me, at where I'm at now, it's not at the forefront of my mind. And you know, for a guy like it's definitely a turn off to piggyback off of someone earlier. Like if that's all you here for, like we can make that happen, but like, bye, like have a nice day because like, that's just no, like you don't even know my name for real. Like, like, no, it's, it's a turn off. So all the women have answered. Men have not. <laughs> Gentlemen, speak up. Speak your truth. How many gentlemen are left? I think they all left the room. <laughs> Y'all scared of all that? You asked that question, everybody hung up. Well, I'll speak for myself. I don't know about the rest of the men, but I think it is important. I don't think it's the most important thing because it's kind of like buying yeah, a car. You know, you can buy that car, test drive it, but when you open up that hood, is there really a motor under there or have you been driving like the Flintstones just using your feet all the time? I think that it's important that if you're into that woman and you want her to be your wife eventually, it's not the number one priority. It's not the number one priority because you can be the greatest sex partner. That don't mean that you're cut out to be a wife. That don't mean that that's your, that's your life partner. It just means that you're good at sex with them. So if you don't get to know them and you don't want to know them long term for who they are, the sex is not going to make up the difference. Like it's going to, it's not going to make them more women than they are for you. Now, if you're just out dating just to have a good time with them as a man, then yeah, sex is a priority because we feel like there's no long term with you in the first place. We're just basically kicking it and having a good time and sex is part of that kicking and having a good time. But if it is about I'm interested and I'm into you and I'm dating you because there's a future and you know I want to be with you long term, if I have to wait, then I want to wait. This, the question I have for the women is, what if you wait and then sexually that man is not who you thought he was? You get married and then you find out this ain't it. Then what? Do you feel like you should have tried answer to that? I, I, I can answer that. I am a huge proponent of if it's whack, for lack of better words, you can teach them. I feel like that is a coachable situation because not if, first of all, what I like, they might not like anyway. So what's right. whack to me might not be whack to them. That it's supposed to be a intimate moment with that person. So I feel like for me, I'm willing to be coached in that situation. Cause like I said, what my, I might like in that situation, you very male may not like as well. And that's your right as my partner. At the same point, I want that to be reciprocated to know that like, if I'm willing to be coached that they should be willing to be coached as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can teach people that's mm-hmm. easy fix. If they want to be taught, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Agreed. Yes. I mean, my I think my thought on this is that I think that there's some like healthy ways to be waiting and some unhealthy ways to be waiting. And I think that if it's like you're waiting because you're there's a fear of the topic, a fear of the conversation, that would be concerning to me because I I definitely know of a lot of situations that you know, people who waited till they got married and it, that would became a huge friction point in their marriage because neither of them was like comfortable with the topic. They weren't just like Nicole, you're saying it's like neither of them knew what was going on and neither of them knew how to even interact with the topic to figure out what was going on. So I think for me, I, I you know, I think that there's anything's possible to be aligned on, but it's important to be communicating about what to be aligned on. So 
Like, is there a deal breaker in there? I would say there's not a deal breaker, but there are some caveats for me that would be like, it's a topic that can be discussed and it's not scary. It's not like a decision being made out of fear of the topic. I think that would be a, a bit of a red flag. So for me, back to something that one of the ladies said earlier, we're not having that discussion on the first date now because we, we don't even know enough each other, know enough about each other to be going that intimate into our uh, lives like that, to be that vulnerable. Sex is a very vulnerable state and a very vulnerable moment between you and your significant other or the person you have in sex with in general. So first off, for me, I would like to get to know you. This goes back to the conversation and the chemistry, stuff like that, a good conversation, good chemistry that'll build me up to like, okay, I might, I might take her to bed. I might do this with her, but that's over time. But first conversation, no, that's a deal breaker for me because you you don't even know what makes me tick yet. You don't even know what turns me on. Even outside of the bedroom, there are certain things that create intimacy other than sex outside of the bed so if you don't know that then when we get into the bed i can be good as all get out in bed but it's just gonna be sex and i'm gonna want you to get up and go home when this is over with no if the intimacy is built there beforehand amen to that (laughs) we, we can lay here we can have conversation after sex and that creates good intimacy good conversation good chemistry good point team 2.0 is is bringing it Yeah, and if I I could just add, let me just add too. I think it's important when you get to that point to where sex does come into play, you know, don't be a brother that talks a good game. And then when the time comes, you may be suffering from erectile dysfunction. What is it? Erectile dysfunction. dysfunction. But you talking that talk. So, I mean, just keep it honest. Keep it, keep it honest. Seriously. But on a mental serious note, because we don't talk about you in my group, in the group chat. If that's the case, please don't hype yourself up. And it, please don't. She said it. Yeah. It also goes for the women as well. Don't say the words of Cardi B. Don't say you got that walk. And, it's just- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. And I'm not I'm mad saying. about it because that's what we do. Yeah, you know, that look. Right. I mean, that yeah, should be a well known thing. You got that walk. Do walk and walk ain't the same thing. Don't be talking about you got the walk with the do walk. Oh, it's probably generally, yeah, I think it's generally a good idea not to talk to to big no, anyway. Right. <laughs> but on, but I'd say on a on a more so serious note, it's because the world has you know taken away the intimacy of it, and they made it solely about lust and about pleasure. You know, and and yes, those things are wonderful. But when that fades away, what are you left with? You left with this person that you know nothing absolutely nothing about because at the end of the day like the world calls it parabunding like that's what science calls it but if you look up that it's basically the same as if you're spiritual as soul ties mm-hmm. and basically parabunding says that once you reach so many partners that you basically no longer know who you are anymore again aka soul ties and you're tied to all these people you've absorbed all their personalities that's why when you hang around somebody for so long you start speaking their lingo you start acting like them it's no coincidence that happens. And so, like I said, the world's taking the intimacy out of it, you know, and we forget that it's a covenant, you know, and not to be overly gross. But I guess, could I go here, Miss Joy, where I'm going yeah, about men, men, menstruate? I don't know. I don't want to gross nobody out. But if you look up like covenants of the Bible, we, I guess I'm going to go here. 
But if you look those up and it talks about like the shedding of the female, blood signified your covenant, your bond to someone. So that was why they wanted you to be a virgin, essentially, because that was that was the true marriage itself. And again, I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. Man is a direct reflection of God. Woman is a direct reflection of man. So it's, you know, I'm very country. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. One of the things like I never understood as a kid, the elders would always say, oh, such and such, they've been married forever and they look alike. It's a reason for that. Because whoever you're intimate with, that's who you start to act like. That's who you start to look like, all of those things. So again, the world kind of has, taken away the trueness of it, which is intimacy. And we've made it strictly about lust and about pleasure. You know, it's all fun and games. And we talk a big game, but yeah, please don't, because we're going to talk about you in the group chat. Just throwing it out there. Okay, so as we got a little more time and we're going to wrap it up. So the last question that I want to ask is, since we're talking about ages and dating, what is the maximum age that you will date or deal with and what is the minimum age? Because I will confess, Denzel Washington is 67 years old. And if I was single, I would be dating Denzel if he happened to walk down the street. On the other hand, Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old. And I would probably date him too if he walked down the street. So there's a big gap there between 27 and 67. But what is y'all's preference? What would you not go beyond? What's too old and what's too young? I'll start this one. <laughs> I think it all depends on what you're looking for, first of all. I think on a more casual basis, I think the age difference can be a lot more varied. On a more serious level, for me anyways, I'm more of a give or take 10 years tops, probably more so the younger than the older, but it's very, very individual when it comes to the age thing, because it really just depends on how you connect with that person. And there's a lot of ways that you cannot connect, especially with the younger generation when you're older. There's a lot of things you don't have in common. And I'm a big person about being like-minded and having compatibility and, and having similar things in common. And I've I've found that with the younger men, for me, I don't have those things in common. I don't have that compatibility. Now, if we're just talking the looks and the physical, that's a whole other ballgame right there. (laughs) That changes the equation all the time. So again, I think it really boils down to what you're looking for as to what that age gap could look like, in my opinion. I kind of, it's kind of the same way. It's all about compatibility. But I think I've met some real mature younger younger people, young women. And I've met some real immature older women. So it's really all about connecting with that person, who they're really about, and if that's what you're looking for. You know, everybody likes to have fun, right? But there's a time and place, and there's different type of fun that you like to have. And once again, sometimes you don't want somebody who's keep whining and complaining and stuff like that or whatever. And to me, you find some like the mature younger women that you like, wow, I, I enjoy the conversation and whatever, whatever. Then you got some women your age or older and they're like, you know, playing still these little games and stuff like that. And you're like, 
I'm good, you know? For me, I'm currently 28. So I prefer that my partner is already 29 or turns 29 before me. The highs I'll go is 35. Usually I try to keep it like seven years ahead of wherever I am. I think the closer I get to a decade, the less I feel like I have in common with that person that's, you know, more in the excess of a decade older than I am. So usually about seven years is kind of like my my comfort zone. So again, that's currently about 29 to 35, as young as 28. But like I said, I prefer that they're older than I am. Not younger? No, no. I was just going to say, I think this is a really interesting question and related to when you're saying things aren't that different across decades for dating. I do think this is probably where the 30 year old category is the most like highlighted probably in terms of differences. Cause I do think there's a lot of like, do you want to have kids? Are you going to have kids? Do you already have kids happening in the thirties? Right. And so I think 30 is pretty interesting around this. And I, I've dated a lot older than me and a lot younger than me as a 30 something. And that see, there is quite the spectrum of the kid question across the spectrum I've dated. Uh, the other thing I want to say is I think that there is a lot of self-discovery happening around tw- like probably like 27 to 32. I think people are learning a lot about themselves. So I think when I've dated women in that age range, I think it's very important to like <clears throat> not put my journey on their journey, right? It's like, there's a lot of needing to hold that relationship really loosely because that person's learning a lot about themselves in that window and what they want, what they don't want. And so I think that in dating someone in that age range there, it's really important to not like violate their growth journey in life, but with mine having, having already gone through that phase. So some of those things are all important, I think, and really, especially the 30-year-old decade, I think there's a lot of this kid question. Do you want to have kids? Do you already have kids? Are you done having kids? All that sort of stuff. So for me, so I'm 28 right now. So most times I don't want to go younger than I am because like you said, most people, when they meet me, they say I have an old soul. So typically I go at max probably eight, nine years my senior but that's just because of my maturity level is certain things that I'm looking for when it comes to dating and a life partner. I need her to be able to, if she can't take care of her own home, she's not going to take care of mine. If she can't finance her own stuff, balance a checkbook, how is she going to do that for the both of us? And vice versa, I should be able to do the same. So just the maturity level is really, to Ryan's point, it's a really tricky thing about the age. Um, it's more so about the maturity level. Um, I can compromise on the age, not younger though. I can compromise on the age going up based off your maturity level is where I stand with that. And Joy, I was in, and I guess the the fellas and the people, anybody that said maturity, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. I call it emotionally mature, you know, because, <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of times, you have people, even in younger and older, you have older people that have tantrums. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, and, so I call it emotionally mature. And me, with me having a 28-year-old son, about to be 29, I don't see myself dating someone the same age as my son. You know what I'm saying? So thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I would do anything in the 20s, you know what I'm saying, 30s. And I would even date someone 
in the 60s. You know what I'm saying? My mom and my father had me young. So I have my father and my mother are in their early 60s. I'm 40. So it's like dating someone in their 60s. I'm dating someone in my mom's and dad's age. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then if I get down to the 20s, I'm almost 30s. I'm dating somebody my son's age, you know. But yeah, I'm I'm not opposed. I, a lot of that just has to deal with maturity. I think Terrence, he, he summed it up well as well, talking about dealing with a person who, you know, you're compatible with. It all boils down to being compatible, emotionally mature, a mature person, someone that handles, take care of their business, know how to cook, clean a house, you wash their clothes, all of that. You know what I'm saying? The cooking okay. part, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> And Joy, before I, before I share, I just want to thank you for inviting me to this. This has been eye-opening. It's been great. I've really enjoyed it. You and for me... Contributor to it as well. <laughs> Comedic for, for, for sure. For me, my youngest son is 27. My oldest child is 40. So even though age is nothing but a number, I would go as young as... I'm 61, so 60 and above. It would really depend on what he's working with and what I'm working with. I'm not looking for someone that I have to take care of. I'm talking about as far as health-wise. Now, I do have a couple of love handles, so I'm not going to expect him to have a six-pack while I got a couple of love handles. Now, if he wants to help me with them, then that's cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no. I would do 50 and I'm not opposed to someone in 65. It just depends because you I've seen some 70 year olds that are rocking it too. So it all depends on their mental and emotional and physical stability, the whole person. Because you can have an accident tomorrow and everything. Right. Definitely don't want anybody older than me. I'm like, you know, yeah, no. But I couldn't do the 40s either because I don't want to have to go to the club and then my daughter say, hey, you know, you got my BFF number last night. And that's not cool, Dad. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Like, really? So, no, definitely can't go there. I think 50s is more of my preference or even early 60s, but 50s because they have the maturity, majority of them have the maturity that we can relate to each other. We can have an educated conversation. We can also do things together. and you're close enough to my age where we have things in common. My mom used to always call it age-appropriate behavior, which is, you know, are you behaving according to your age? Are you doing what you should be doing at your age? Are you trying to build at your age what you should be building? So if we can't do that and we can't have a conversation and enjoy each other, then it really don't matter what age it is, but I definitely don't want to rock the cradle. So I probably would stick to the 50s, absolutely. Now, Mr. Steve, I had to say, I have to say this, all 40-year-olds ain't in the club. <laughs> well, yeah, but you still might know my daughter. <laughs> you still, you might be in the church singing in the choir and she sung next to you last Sunday. <laughs> that still ain't cool. <laughs> Just saying. Nothing against the 40-year-olds. Well, y'all. Ultimately, it boils down to which social media platform do you need to stock to get to know the person, right? Are you on it or not on it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> right. 
Well, I think, I think also just bridging the gap here of, you know, being the other counterpart in the thirties group, the thirties group is kind of interesting because the milestones, like there's people that are my age that I already know they're on their second marriage already. And then there's people like me who've never been married and seeing that really diverse dynamic in that age range of do you have kids? Do you want kids? Oh, you already have kids or you have kids for multiple marriages. That's very different. And I think that this also speaks to across generations is that we've all seen that evolution of how everything has become instant gratification. We've lived before the internet and while the internet was just dial up and now we're to now. So I think that those rapid changes in such a small amount of time has carried such a heavy influence on You know, I also like to think that age is just a number and, you know, I think it does have a lot to relate to emotional maturity because I mean, personally, I, I would not go anything below the age of thirties, no offense to the twenties, but you know, we're, we are at different mile markers at our age, but you know, if you do have that connection and the honesty and communication with somebody on a certain age range that might change your mind on it. And I would probably cap out, you know, I would probably lean more into the older than the younger. And that's also just coming from personal experience and be, finding that other person that is also self-sufficient and that's going to be able to take care of himself and, you know, in all the basic senses. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and somebody said something to make you raise your eyebrows in a good way and you want to know who they are, reach out to me on Instagram, Just Joy Conversations, or on Facebook, Just Joy Conversations. And I will get you the pertinent information that you need to be able to connect with them. If you are on this call and you don't have somebody's information that you might want, you can holler at me too. But for everybody out there, I thank you for listening to Just Joy Conversations. And we'll see you on the flip side.